So, hi, here's Florian for 99 Startups, and I'm today here with Caroline. So, Caroline, Caroline introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Caroline Gabor. Um, a pleasure meeting you, Florian, and thanks for the time um, to speak about myself. So, actually, I'm a banker from the background. So, um, after my, uh, my A-levels, uh, rather than going into uh, physics or being an actress for theater, these were the other two options, I decided to do a banking apprenticeship because at that time, this was uh, the apprenticeship you got most money from. Okay. And then, but I fell more or less in love uh, with everything around business. And then I've decided to study business administration And uh, because I was interested in so many things, um, I decided to go for the consultancy world, joined BCG, spent there 10 years, which is way too long. But I have at least a couple of excuses for that. Um, I, uh, I got two children at that time and did my PhD. And then uh, in 2012... I changed um, the worlds from consultancy and big corporates to the digital world. Um, I've led so far two different digital companies here in Berlin. One was Top Tariff, which was actually the first startup of uh, Rocket Internet, a price comparison, okay. very comparable to uh, Check24 okay. or a money supermarket in the UK. Um, and the other startup was Autohouse24, which is a new car platform. Um, both companies, um, I helped to restructure, uh, make them profitable, and then sold them to a strategic um, investor. The one was Verivox, the second biggest uh, comparison player in the market, and the other one was Sixth, the rental company. And two years ago, um, I decided to go back in my passionate industry, financial services, and uh, became a managing partner of Finneep. And Finneep is the European company builder of fintechs. Uh, so we've built uh, 14 different uh, fintechs in the last three years. Uh, one of them is the well-known uh, Solaris Bank, uh, which closed a funding round of uh, nearly 60 million um, a couple of weeks ago. Another one is Clark, um, the well-known digital insurance broker, uh, where you can manage all your insurances in one app. They just announced yesterday um, the biggest insurtech funding in Europe with 29 million uh, US dollar. And like uh, Finleap is like a company builder, so it means like you're the mentor for all these companies or... How does this work? Yeah. So company building in a Finley way means everything from idea generation. Uh, so the ideas most of the time really come from us, uh, the Finley team and our experts. Um, then we start with a concept uh, with Finley people, meaning testing the product market fit, see what kind of regulatory license you would need. Can we establish a market leading player in our geography, which is continental Europe? Um, can you earn money with that thing, right? Uh, would we find the right founding team? Um, that we then typically hire. Uh, it's most of the time an entrepreneur from the digital world, a banker or insurance expert and a strong CTO. Then we invest into that team and that company and help them scale with a lot of support in terms of business development or marketing expertise. And especially we help them to find the right additional investors um, along the life cycle of the company. And then eventually we would help them to, uh, to achieve a great uh, exit or IPO. Yeah. So this is the business uh, um, of, of Finleap. Uh, we have 70 people in Finleap and the whole portfolio 
portfolio consists of uh, more than 600 people now along those 14 ventures. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> and um, let's go back a bit. Like you were always like kind of like it sounds like really busy, like family and consultancy, and then like in a startup way. So how you how you balance all these things? How you balance mm -hmm. family and work? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I think, like for many many other uh, parents and, and mothers or fathers, family is always first, and it, this is always the case with me as well. So um, typically, I'm home between six and a half past six. I spend the, every evening with my children. Uh, and then I go back to work at home or here in the office or at a dinner when they are asleep. So by this, I can take care of them and I spend a lot of quality time with them because I have a lot of support at home, which is a luxury when you are in such a position. You can afford a nanny, someone who takes care of cleaning or whatever is needed, right? So this is something I can always advise to women or any parent um, to step up the ladder of the career a little bit before you uh, have kids because then you can afford um, support and can spend, when you're at home, time with your children and play together and read together or do homework together because they are now in the second and third grade. So real life uh, already started with them and for them. And by this, I can balance it very well. And I think it's especially in the digital world possible because we don't have this KPI of... The longer hours you're present in the office, the steeper your career is. This is something that doesn't fit in the digital world, right? So we, we you measure performance here. And if you contribute and, and, and deliver impact to the business rather than how many hours you spend in the office. Yeah, makes absolutely sense. So um, you have quite a journey already. So what we would say were the key learnings uh, you had or the key points of success yeah so i think especially in the digital world when you want to start your own uh, company what matters most is the team so we've seen especially here in Finney, when we've seen so many teams and business models in the end a very good team can make out of a not so good idea a fantastic business model and a huge success But the other way around, so imagine you would have a great business idea, but a not so good team, this won't work. So teams always first. Um, and it is so important when you look at the team. I mean, one is the functional expertise. So ideally you have people with complementary skills like we do it here at Finley. There's always a person that comes from a digital entrepreneurial world. There's always a person that understands the market meaning financial services, be it banking or insurance or asset management. And there's a techie. This is an ideal combination of a founding team, right? But next to those functional requirements you have with the people, it's especially the attitude. And there's one dominant attitude I always see with entrepreneurs that succeed, and that's their pure willingness to win. Okay. So, so if you have someone who wants to win, he will, because he will fail. He will fail fast and he stands up or she stands up and does it again till they succeed. There's no matter how painful this is and what other people think about that. 
they will go for it. And this is something I truly, truly believe it. This is the, the key ingredient um, of success. So how do you find out if someone has this this um, this treat? This mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, what we what we try to do when we interview people for co-founder positions with Infinib, um, A, is we, we, we have a lot of conversations with those people. Um, we ask them um, not so much these typical questions, what are your strengths and your weaknesses and so forth, but we, we talk about them, about their um, past working experience or even life experience. And by understanding how people interact with other people, how they communicate, how they tackled other challenges in their life, you can kind of guess how much willingness they have to win or how big the entrepreneurial attitude is. Just by past behavior, it's a lot easier than by theoretical answers to questions like, Uh, what do you envision for yourself in the future? What are your strengths? And these typical interview questions you have. That's very theoretical. You can read a good book and then you know what you have to answer, right, to get the job. But talking about past experience, going deep into how did the person really react in a specific situation tells you a lot about the person and their attitude. Okay, interesting. Um, so... It, the interesting thing is about Finleave is that like you have like over fifty percent of the employees are women. So does it mean like like women are more more wanting to they have more the will to win or yeah. how this how this uh, came up like how this yeah. was created? Yeah, that's it's, it's a very interesting question because it, it it suddenly happened and we just realized it a couple of weeks ago that we with Finleave those seventy people on on the company builder level it's not the ventures yet. Yeah. Uh, we have more than 50% women um, and especially in the leadership positions we have more than 50% which is fantastic um, and it's very rare right I mean when you compare the structure of Rocket Internet and the leadership positions at the time where they focused on company building as well I think it was less than 20% when 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 whensoever right yeah. so this is something we've achieved uh, out of I don't know what we did um, I mean, when I listen to my colleagues, when we discuss it, I think one thing is role models. So if you have, like myself, a managing partner in the, in the team, in the leadership team, if you have a strong head of P&O, which is people organization, um, if you have then a person that is responsible um, here for internal communication and PR, it already produces role models for other women that apply for those jobs with Infinib or want to make a career with Infinib. So this is something, it's a little bit the self-fulfilling prophecy. If you have already women there, mm -hmm. they tend to attract more and more strong women in mm -hmm. terms of role models. So this is something that helped us very much. And then on the other hand, I think that when we look into how this, the culture developed on a Finleap level, how we collaborate um, and, and, and where we always put this family approach first, this is very much driven by the high empathy of the women in the Finleap team. And men love it. Finleap mm -hmm. men love it. They love to work here. They love this family atmosphere. They love this curiosity to learn more and more to work on more and more ideas uh, and, and 
to combine all the expertise we have within this strong Finley team to come up really with the best concept and the best business model that can su succeed in the market. So this is one explanation to it. Uh, I know it's not sufficient to re replicate it, right? Uh, so this is something we gave ourselves as a task to understand a little better how we did it at Finley to now reproduce it at the venture level because there mm. we still struggle, to be honest, uh, to get enough women in, especially in the leadership positions. We Currently, we don't have... Um, a female founder in our ventures. Um, we have a couple of head-offs um, in the teams we have, women, but in my view, not not by far not enough. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why we started this initiative um, two years ago of uh, Fintech Ladies, which is a network for top-level women in banks, insurers, and top-level women of fintechs and surtechs, so be it founders or head of level in, uh, in fintechs and uh, surtechs here in Europe. We bring them together on a regular basis in uh, different European cities. Um, we have dinner together so that the women meet, get to know each other, make a business together, support each other, promote each other and have now a ready-made list of more than 200 of those top-level women for everyone who does podcasts, uh, who um, hosts conferences or panels to have experts, female experts for specific topics, to not, see, to not only see always the same men talking about the same topics uh, at those uh, financial services or fintech conferences. So that's the idea. That was one initiative. And we just hosted a female hackathon uh, here with Infinip two weeks ago. It was awesome. We had seven uh, teams, nine, 29 women, two men, working on the topic of women and finance. Because this is something that comes from my heart, from Finleap's heart as well, that we see um, women, I mean, men, alike don't like to manage their finances something we don't like right you don't wake up in the morning and say oh, let's buy great household insurance or open a new account that's something passionate right yeah. but you need to take care of um, and men tend to do those things a little bit better and women just don't right they, they rather would search two hours for the perfect red shoes on Zalando um, than take care of their finances and when we look at the fintechs that are currently out there that they don't solve the problem as well. So 75-80% of all users of fintechs are men. Mm. Um, so we need to address that topic and that's why we um, hosted that hackathon and tried to find a great business model that would support us women to take better care of our finances in different life cycle stages, be it when you're done with your education, when you um, start with your first job, when you... Um, become a family, right, and step out of uh, work for a certain point of time. If you plan for your family, if you plan for your time, and there, there needs to be something that, that helps you. It could be a digital tool or a hybrid model with advisors, not clear yet. It was a fantastic event uh, with those teams that worked on those uh, and topics, and the idea is um, eventually with Infinib to support such a team and create such a business model. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's let's go back to this interesting fact that like you have uh, over fifty percent women. So you already said like it it shows that there's more family atmosphere and there's more curiosity there. So 
would you say that's a general thing that you could say if you can if you bring more women into a team the f the family atmosphere and the diversity would increase mm -hmm. i mean what you what you typically see and this is probably not true for each and everyone right but um that with women in the team you have a higher level of empathy Mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes you have a higher level of respect and appreciation for every person of the team and by this it creates a family atmosphere that makes a more secure environment for everyone to speak up to contribute and uh, to be always curious and to be always ambitious uh, to reach the next level right and this is something we see at a Finleap level however we did that um, I've seen it many times when I joined as the only women in the in in an MD team, right? That the that the way it was discussed, the atmosphere that was created, the way we've supported each other changed very much. Mm. Um, and this is something I can only wish for every company that they think about it, uh, that this change. And there's a lot of statistics out there. Um, that it's not about only those qualitative and soft factor, uh, factors, but that teams or companies that have um, a significant percentage of female leaders have a higher return. So it's even quantitative facts um, that if you increase the diversity, um, that it helps your financial health and um, uh, succession criteria. Yeah, well. And um, I think next to the women topic, when you when you think about diversity, it's not only men and women. It's especially cultural background. So when we look at the 600 people we have within Finlip. Um, they come from more than 50 nationalities now. Okay. So corporate language is English, um, more or less all day long. Uh, we have teams from all over the world that create such, such a special atmosphere here. It's really awesome. It's, it's a fantastic place to work in. And, um, and then you have nationalities in terms of diversity, and then you have these very, very different um, life and working backgrounds of those people, right? So you have digital entrepreneurs, end of 20s, beginning of 30s, working together with former board members of banks and insurances that are in their 50s and 40s, 50s, uh, with 30-ish CTOs, very nerdy, very visionary, right? And to lead a company out of a tr team of those three is really special to see what that what which culture this creates and how much um, different backgrounds and views on solving a problem this creates and leads to probably the best outcome for every problem you can imagine uh, because the problem is tackled from so many different views and it's not those You have the three guys that uh, have the classical WHO education, mastered in the same major topics, uh, went to the same bars every day, right? Yeah. Um, that are very, very homogeneous in, in thinking and, and tackling problems. This is a totally different way of doing it, and this creates a unique culture um, within within Finleap. So diversity is not only about women and men; it's all it's, it's everything around cultural backgrounds and and and, and professional backgrounds. 
But diversity can be also bring a lot of problems because if you have not so much in common, mm -hmm. um, it's way more difficult to align the people and to bring them on the same track. Yeah. So what is the main trick there to make yeah. this happen? Yeah, that's very true. So I think um, they all need to have a couple of things in common that this works out. Um, next to the functional expertise we've talked about that you need in each and every CEO or founder, um, we look for especially five characteristics in those people. One is the entrepreneurial attitude. So is this someone that has the courage to take decisions under a limited amount of information, right? Mm -hmm. So entrepreneurial attitude, courage, um, curiosity, everything around that. The second thing is result orientation. You can phrase it like, get the shit done, right? So do it rather than overly discuss it. Um, next topic is collaboration. Is this person a team player? So would you hire people that are better than yourself in specific topics? These are the A players, right? An A player hires A plus players. This is how you create a great and awesome team. Um, next topic is leadership, right? Um, especially, I mean, in the beginning of such a startup, when you were five, seven, ten people, it's not so important. But especially in the complex models we are building with Infinity, you grow to 20, 50 people after half a year. So this is a time where we already need leadership skills. If you don't Focus that, if you don't value that, if you don't take that into account, it's very important to lead the people, to set expectations, to give them development, um, to give feedback, uh, very constructive and regular feedback, um, you won't be able to succeed. So this mm -hmm. is something that's really important. And the last topic is a customer and market orientation. Um, so... When you look at business models um, next to the great team, I think what's very important, they need to solve a real problem, right? I mean, you can be very much in love with your technical solution, right? And freak out about your blockchain, ha, ha, ha thing. But if this doesn't create any value for your customer, be it a business or a consumer, no one will buy it. No one will pay for it. No, you won't have any revenue, won't scale, you won't get any funding no matter what, right? So it needs to solve a problem. In order to come up with an idea to solve a problem, you need to know your customer. You need to know the market you're in and the other players that try to solve that problem as well, right? And this is something that, that is very important. So when we look for this founding team that come from this diverse backgrounds and cultural backgrounds, we always look into those five competencies, um, and if they score high in those five competencies, we're pretty sure this will work out. And then we bring them together in an informal atmosphere. We, we, we try to have dinner with them. We try to bring them together in a less artificial situation when, they, when you can see them in a more authentic way. And then you know if the people get along. Okay, yeah. But... Does it work out every time? No, it doesn't. Uh, we've seen it as well with Infinib uh, that we've done things wrong at that respect. We're getting better and better at that. 
Uh, but sure, um, in the beginning, when you're not that that a good brand and you don't have that reputation, you don't get the A players in the beginning uh, and and end up with B players. And now we're we have so fantastic hires. The last one, Christian Macht, uh, who joins us as the CEO of Element, our digital insurance carrier. Um, he comes from uh, BCG, uh, um, spent uh, time as a CEO, COO at Groupon, um, was the CEO of Rakuten in Germany and the head of strategy in, in Europe. So a really strong profile. He joined us as a CEO, someone who we couldn't have hired uh, a couple of years ago. But with those players, you can create fantastic teams. Yeah. So you said you want to see more women in a CEO position. Mm -hmm. So what does it take to become a CEO? Yeah, I mean, the characteristics I've just described, the five topics I think are much alike uh, for men, women and men. There is, no, there is no difference. I think the problem when you compare women and men in terms of the ambition level to become a CEO, what I see happen is that a man just grabs the chance to become a CEO. Mm. Many don't question themselves if they are ready yet. Women tend to question themselves more and they, they're not so willing to grab an opportunity that is in terms of size of the shoe, one size too big or even two sizes too big for them. Uh, but this is something you need to do. Otherwise, you can't become one. So it's this hen and egg problem. If you think you have to be a CEO to become a CEO in the next company, where do you start, right? So um, this, uh, this is something I always try to encourage women uh, to take a challenge that seems a little bit too big for them. Mm -hmm. And by this, you can make a career. And by this, you can become a CEO, right? So this is, I think, for women especially a topic. There are men that, that think alike, uh, right? But typically, yeah, yeah cliche-wise, it's, 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 it's in this direction. And I think especially the digital world um, can contribute to that very much because it's a lot easier to make a career in the digital world. It's a lot faster. Uh, if you're not promoted once a year in the Berlin ecosystem, you don't make it, right? So it's very typical. Okay. Um, a steep ladder uh, and fast career. So this is something where I, can, where I can imagine it's easier. And then on the other hand, people who decide who becomes the next CEO of that company um, in corporates are white, old men that typically don't decide for women to become uh, a CEO. In the digital world, you have... A lot younger people, be it from VCs, uh, be it from within a digital company, um, they don't have these so much these biases anymore, um, like people from uh, former generations. So I think this is a great place to become a female CEO. And that, that's a good point. So you are like quite, you have quite insights in the financial world. What is your perspective, like where we will be in the next five years in the financial sectors? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very good question. So what we currently um, in FinLeap think is, is the following. Um, 
many, many players um, are trying to um, take the chance and the opportunity to digitize the financial services world. So you have on the one hand side, the established players, be it banks, be it insurers, they try to transform themselves, right? There is not one bank that hasn't announced to build a digital retail bank like Deutsche Bank, right? Um, they just published today their quarterly results. It's really, really even worse than the quarter before. But nevertheless, they want to invest and build a digital retail bank till the end of this year uh, and many others as well uh, worldwide. Then on the other hand, you have those fintechs um, that try to, on the one hand side, attack those players because they have better solutions for the customers, be it consumer or businesses. And then how you have those big platforms, be it an Amazon, be it, be it a Google, Apple uh, from uh, the US or the Chinese players, be it Tencent uh, with WeChat or be it uh, Baidu um, or Alibaba that very much verticalize in financial services. Amazon offers um, um, factoring services for their businesses. Is one of the biggest uh, SME lenders in the US now offers uh, current accounts to consumers. So they really tap into financial services. The question for us here in Europe is how can we compete against those large corporate and global platforms from the US and China. And I think the only way how we can tackle this challenge is by cooperation between the established financial services players and the fintechs. Because both of them lack key ingredients to become very successful. So the established players, they lack Uh, or they have the problem of very, very old legacy IT systems that can't mm. be easily transformed and innovated. They don't have the talent and the entrepreneurial attitude to innovate. Um, and they have very, very, very slow corporate processes to take decisions. So it's hard for them to create digital business models that would attack those big platforms. The fintechs, on the other hand, they have the great new state-of-the-art uh, digital solutions. They have innovative and entrepreneurial people. But what they lack is the trust of the consumer or the customer um, because they don't have an established brand. And most of the time, they don't have the money to invest such amounts. Uh, and we don't have the VC money in Germany yet or in Europe yet to cre create those global players. So what we see largely now is the cooperation between established financial services players and uh, and fintechs. And we we at Findi we we very much uh, believe in the co-creation of digital business models between those established players and the fintechs. We've ju just um, announced one of those co-creation uh, things. So we have a joint venture with Deutsche Vermögensberatung, which is the biggest independent financial advisor in Germany. Um, they have more than six million customers and they want to, um, out of a position of um, high strength, create their new digital business model together with Finip, which is a hybrid model. So we will help them to create tools for their advisors to be able to consult their customers better. Mm. Higher transparency, less effort in uh, preparation of the meetings with the customers, higher transparency for the customer, um, better offerings, best-of-breed solution, digitally end-to-end, all-in-one place. 
these are some some keywords uh, how we want to tackle this uh, this challenge together and this is where we believe in this can be the future of financial services in Europe and how we can create um, winners that stand up and be competitive um, in comparison to the big US and Chinese players. Yeah. The big danger uh, will be there will be probably the top of the mountain effect mm -hmm. so that only like the top players will survive. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the biggest danger for all the players which are like old school behaving. Mm -hmm. Then like it's not clear if not on a, at the end will Amazon will win. Because mm -hmm. Amazon has already a big customer base, and um, right. Right. so this will be a big danger. So, do you think? Do you think um, it will be always for the benefit of the of the users? This changes which will happen. That's a very good question. Um, I mean, one true fact is that everything will be around data right mm -hmm. so it will everything you buy uh, in the future if you everything that you consume consume as a product or a service will be based on the data you created so far in your life by surfing online by buying online by consuming different services through apps by moving uh, geolocation data by your health data by your driving uh, data and, and behavior whatever you can imagine right so this is this the, the key ingredient of every digital business model is this the data we see with young people that they don't have any problem uh, providing that data to get the best offer that fits their individual preferences right But we will see definitely that the prices of the products will be risk-adjusted, especially in the financial mm -hmm. world when you think about insurances. So imagine a world where every health insurance, every life insurance, every um, disability insurance in pricing is based on your individual risk. This will lead to a high percentage in our population that can't afford to insure themselves for those mm. things, right? Uh, so this is something where we need a solution to, right? And this can only be done by regulation, right? You need to um, then force insurers to offer tariffs that are not risk-adjusted, that can insure those people with a high risk level, and share this in the community of all insured people, um, the joint risk of getting injured or um, die, right? So this is something why regulation makes a lot of sense in this industry, and we can't base this industry wholly on data and risk-adjusted prices, for example. So this is something where, although consumers don't have, most of the consumers at a lower age don't have a problem by providing the data, this might harm people um, later on. Yeah. It's really interesting because out of my perspective, um, I, don't, I don't believe into the legal regulation. It should happen, but I mainly think that like, the government is too slow to do such stuff. Mm -hmm. So I mainly more believe, and that's maybe also a danger, that like our future will be built by Silicon Valley or by startups mm -hmm. because they're way faster. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but we will probably see what's yeah. happening there. Yeah, hopefully um, those, those guys have uh, enough 
empathy and ethical values um, that they won't exclude larger parts of our population uh, from from life, right? Like it currently happens in China. If you don't sign up for either WeChat or other offerings, um, you're excluded from services and you're excluded for governmental uh, infrastructure services as well, right? So this is really state-controlled digitization of the whole economy. And this is something I would very much fear uh, if we go in that direction in, in Europe too fast. And China made it one step further. They um, introduced the social network mm -hmm. and uh, the main goal is they want to rate people on the social network, mm -hmm. how good they are uh, um, habitant of China. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't always say good things about the government, you don't get your visa anymore. Right. So that's what they plan, right? Like what they implemented already and right. what they built up right now. Yeah. So what, what would you say is your biggest challenge today? Mm-hmm. So I would say professional-wise, uh, the biggest challenge like in every startup, in, in especially in fintech, it's scaling. Scale the companies to a significant level of revenue. This is the biggest challenge, right? So this is something we, we try to tackle with Infinity by those B2B2C business models where we help other companies with um, digital financial products, um, that they can offer in a white label way to their customers or co-create businesses, uh, like I just said, with the DVAG. And uh, in private life, um, it's it's pretty much around my kids. So the biggest challenge is to raise them in a way that they become smart women with a very warm heart and eventually we would call themselves inhabitants of the world mm -hmm. rather than of a specific nationality or region, right? So this is something I, I truly believe and we all should be world inhabitants uh, to make this world better than it is today. So would you say you accomplished that if you, do you travel a lot with your family? That's probably would be the first thing which came to mind mm. to accomplish yeah. that. Right, so my kids already attended a bilingual kindergarten and okay. are in a bilingual school, so they have a bunch of different nationalities in their in their class, which always helps, right, to get to know how other cultural yeah. backgrounds work and what they what kind of celebrations they have and traditions and values. Uh, we travel a lot. Uh, I travel a lot. I try to tell a lot about people I met in other countries last year. I've been 45 hours uh, to Japan, uh, to Tokyo, very different uh, place in the world. I try to tell them about people I met, about the traditions, about how people behave there, so that they get a feeling that there's not this only German way of truth, mm. but there are many truths in the world, and everyone needs to be respected uh, and appreciated in the way they are. So what you would say are the, the biggest key things for scaling? Yeah, scaling. This is, uh, if I would have the magic ingredient, uh, we both would do it right now. Um, I mean, as I said, I think especially in fintech, it's this hand and egg problem. If you don't have a brand, if you don't have the trust of the customer, you spend too much for customer acquisition, you won't never get that back in terms of revenues mm -hmm. in those products. So it's a, it's a really, really uh, vicious cycle here. Um, that's why we've decided to go this B2B2C way. Um, so 
create infrastructure platforms, um, create solutions for other companies that would enable them to sell Uh, digital financial products uh, to their large customer base with their established brand and trust in the market. I think this is one way to go. We see it now with the success of Solaris Bank that this is uh, that this was a very good hypothesis, and we go further in this uh, in this direction. You have the bigger problem if you work with big old companies that they are sometimes really slow and sometimes also not so reliable because they are the bigger player. So how you solve this problem? Mm -hmm. what, we, what we tend to do on a FinDeep level is we have a couple of strategic investors in FinDeep. We have a couple of those investors in our ventures, be it banks, insurers, and, 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 and other companies. Um, we try to urge them to become our first customers in those models because it always starts with the first reference customer you have. If this is a big player, everyone respects in the market, it's easier to, to get the next one, right? And with the ones you are in close relationship, you re rarely get, okay. get screwed, right? So this works. Are they then faster? Not at all. Not at all. They're always slow. Uh, and uh, and they truly see that as well, and they they hate it as well. But they can't come up with processes um, to become faster. And this is why they they so much like to work with us, because it's one time in their life, an experience that something gets faster or is done faster. So this is something that's really cool, um, and. Um, And if you then have this first reference customer, it gets a lot easier with the next yeah. one you get in. And in that environment of Finneep, um, it's a lot easier to survive those corporate life and sales cycles of six to 12 months, right? Many other standalone fintech startups um, rather go out of money until the first revenue uh, yeah. was created through such a corporation. We can survive that easily. Oh, yes, that's a good advantage. So what do you do to educate yourself? Yeah, I read a lot. Um, I, I've had the tendency to read a lot of um, business books, but more or less stopped that now a couple of years ago. And I try to open up my mind now more with fiction, uh, what I really like. I love culture, so I go regularly to theaters and the opera and concerts. Uh, Berlin is a fantastic place for that because we have three operas. We have over 300 theaters here. It's really, really cool. So this is something I do. And by this, I hope I can stay creative and open my mind in other directions um, than just rather only focus on financial services, blockchain technology, and all these bullshit things. They are always the same, right? Uh, I think I truly believe um, that you can only be creative uh, if you're interested in very different fields in the world and, and, and people. So what are your favorite books? My favorite books. So I love Jonathan Franzen. Uh, I really love the last one he's written, Purity. Okay. Very cool story about a young girl uh, struggling with her parents and her life and, uh, and her purity. Um, I loved the book of Nino Haratishwili. It's very complicated no, name. She is Georgian, um, so Eastern European. Um, 
and she wrote the book. I just know the title in German. It's called the Das Achte Leben. Okay. It's a very nice one. And then there's another one I really loved last summer. It was written by an Italian author in the 17th century. It's called Die Brautleute, a very okay. classical uh, piece. And still true what he's writing about human nature and how people in political um, environments tend to act. Yeah. Be it a nation or be it a business situation, politics screws everything. Yeah. Awesome. So now the last question is, if you could go back in time and give your 20-year-old self advice, what you would tell so I think uh, what I would give as an advice is start a career as you did in no matter what consultancy, investment banking, whatsoever, learn for a couple of years the tool set um, and how to approach problems and how to communicate. Uh, but then go out as soon as possible after a couple of years, start your own business early on. And there follow three principles. A, do something you can be really, truly best in. You're passionate for, this would be B. And C, you can make money with. And then you're probably successful. Awesome. Thank you very much <laughs> Thank you. for your time. And uh, see you next time. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs>